This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cavalry Audio. Wilder is just killing me. He's texting me as we speak. And regarding uh, he's so hyped on Magic Mountain. I took him to Magic Mountain, got the VIP experience. I, I had to take out like a second mortgage. It was so expensive, but whatever. It was Bodie's birthday and we had a blast. Skipped all is the Is this lo- Disneyland we're no, talking this is, about? This is Six Flags. It was the gnarliest roller coasters, and oh. it was so much fun. And I was hung over from the night before, so it was it was gnarly for me. But I powered through, and I was like super dad, and just brought all the kids, and we had, we had a blast. I mean, really, we had a lot of fun. And now he's so hyped on it that he has gathered another group of friends and has talked to all their parents and and got them to you know let them skip Friday to go to Magic Mountain again. And he's orchestrated this thing. And then I said, dude, I'm not paying that kind of money again. Now he's texting me like, are you sure we can't do VIP? And can we, we can only do this, 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 and this. And he just, when he wants something, he just does not let up. And I said, he's got a math test today. He's got a science test tomorrow. He's got to make up some work for Friday. He's got labs that he hasn't finished in science. I said, if you can... Well, actually, you know, uh, going back a little bit, he had a ther- his second therapy session yesterday. And uh, we, I went in for the first 15 minutes, and his therapist was the one who negotiated this with Wilder and myself, where I was ready to say, no, dude, you already did Magic Mountain. It's over. We, we just did it. And his therapist- <laughs> Fire now, this person. His therapist was like, well, let's talk about this. Now, what if, Wilder, you got tests? You got this? Well, what if you get it all done? And da 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 I'm like, I was like, dude, Daryl, what are you doing, man? Like- are you? I said, were you in cahoots? Did you, did Wilder? Did you call him and and set this up? Like, what's going on? And Maybe so, Daryl's in. Is Daryl the the doctor? Maybe he's part of the group going to Magic Mountain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be funny. I get I get the pics from the rides. Like when you're on the ride, like the flash pics, and it's like him and Wilder. <laughs> and Daryl's like, look, work your dad for the private tour. I'm an old man. I don't want to stand in these lines. This is bullshit. Your dad has pull yeah, and money. Yeah. Make it happen, Wilder. So funny. That's I'll funny. give you a good report. You know, you know how I can tell how good of a dad you are is that you just went through every one of Wilder's assignments, mm-hmm. knowing that he has a science thing to do, oh, yeah. a math test, lab yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I would submit to the jury and to the judge that when you were that age, 
you didn't know your own assignments Mm-mm. as well as you just knew your son's assignments. No, no. I'm back in school, dude. I am back in school, and I'm going to admit something right now, and I hope, well, you know, and I probably shouldn't in case some of his teachers listen to this. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I didn't cop myself. Yeah, I can't. I'll tell you off the air. I can't do it. Uh, okay. I All can't. right. I can't do it. I mean, there's a good chance they don't, but just in case, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm telling, I get weird people that come up. I'm not yeah. that, that they'd be weird, but just people that you would never think listen to this podcast or any podcast yeah. that come up to me and say, oh my God. Yeah. When Oliver was talking about X, Y, and Z, I'm like, you listen to this? Oh, yeah. How is that possible? No, I know. I know. I know. It's good. And by the way, what you and I have never talked about before we have our mystery guest pop mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Are you sure that the mystery guest is coming on? I'm not. I sent this person a link and I said we're gonna be on we're gonna be doing our podcast from such and such to such and such time, about an hour, and hopefully you can uh, you can pop in. And uh, we'll see. I mean it's 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 truly a mystery even for us whether this person pops in. I know who it is, obviously, and so do you, but you know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, what were you uh, saying? I'm glad it just popped back into my mind. Uh, When Margot sent us Mm -hmm. the breakdown of who and where, I guess more where, people live Mm -hmm. who download our podcast, Mm -hmm. it's obviously very St. Louis heavy, St. Charles, which is in essence St. Louis. Mm. Denver was up toward the top. Wow. And then, which is where my wife's from and her friend Kathy Lee, who listens and has her own radio shows... And then we had a nice, uh, a nice little bed of of supporters and listeners from Iran. Wow, really? Was it Iran or Iraq? Where? What was it, Margot? And I think it's Iran. Iran. It was Iran, I believe. Iran. It was Iran. That that's we have people like you know not that's, not like four. It was it was in the hundreds. That's of really people crazy. in Iran who listened to us. Wow. We should do a show there. Let's go. <laughs> no. Let's go. Get some Iranian guy who's yelling at me for rooting against his team. <laughs> a live event in Iran. Uh, that would be funny. Oh, God. I, I mean, that's perfect for the tone of, of our show and who we are if we actually did our first live show in Iran. Well, I think we'd be welcomed. I don't think there's any doubt that no, we course. would be of course welcome without with open doubt. arms. Yeah, w- I'm assuming maybe they work at the American embassy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't imagine there are a lot of Iranian people who that are, are loving daddy issues. No, th- that are that are loving daddy. Yeah, issues. I, I, I can't. I bet you're I, right. I bet you if you could trace the IP address, it's it's from the embassy. Has to be. Man, what about even that? What even about, that excites me. But what about like France and England and Italy? I mean, do we get anything over there? Yeah, there's a smattering. Margot, can you find that text you sent me? You know what we got to do though, Joe? We really have to target, you know, like China and maybe Japan because, you know, if we become big over there, we could just make a ton of dough doing commercials and, you know what I mean? We can, if, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. 
So maybe we you should. You and a pair, you and a pair of Jordache jeans. Are oh, you kidding me? Oh, I would be crushing that. I mean, we, crushing. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always my dream: is to just be big in China. Um. Oh, she here. sent it. Yeah, here we go. Three hundred and seventy-two people from Iran in the past week. It's, I'm looking at the newest data. That data is from last week, and this says three hundred and seventy-two people in Iran this week. I mean, of all the countries, the United States, 26,628. Canada, 2,536. Next up, as far as countries are concerned, Iran. Wow. This is unbelievable. It's the third highest country. Wow. 312, Australia, the UK, 309, Mexico, 87. I know two friends in Mexico that are listening to this right now. <laughs> hi, Jay. Hi, Mark. Uh, Germany, Spain, Ireland, which is my home country. Yeah. Next I've... to 23 and me and my dad's parents and the UAE. Wow. That's my friend Lee. That's, that's Lee, who we had on. Uh, He's yeah. obviously passed it around. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, and there's none, no one in Italy, which is sort of, you know, where I kind of come from, or at least 40%. That's what you claim, right? 40%, it's 40%. I mean, it's the it's the largest, you know, so I just, I'll, I'll claim it. And it feels good. I don't know. There's something I feel good about saying I'm a, I'm a lot, I have a lot of Italian, you know. I feel cool, honestly. I'm proud of the cool. fact that I'm like 90 plus percent Irish. I don't know why, but I am. I uh, feel like it's cooler to be Italian than Irish, Okay, thanks. Well, I'm just saying, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? No. Okay. Um, We're more emotional. Where we we love, we 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 make love and we fight and we and we just we were we're just emotional sort of, you know, people. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I know, and that's that's good. And for me, <laughs> Irish, I just we just we drink. <laughs> But my dad's parents were from Ireland. It's not like it's not multiple generations in the United States. It was right. his mom and dad were born in Ireland. So I I'm kind of not that far removed. Yeah, um, you got a little Hutchinson, you know, Kansas. Oh. Why why do we have 431 people in Hutchinson, Kansas? That's that's got to be our first live show. I I say we go there. Yeah. Charlotte is big. Chicago's nice. Mm-hmm. These are wonderful people. Wonderful people in Chicago. <laughs> Beautiful what, people listening to our podcast. What about LA, New York? Uh, New York is third highest city with over a thousand. LA is uh, fifth. Damn. What's number one? St. Louis. Oh, so you bring in all the dough right here, huh? No, well, number two is Dallas. That's because of Troy Aikman. We need to start getting somebody from all these, you know, we <laughs> we need to find a person that can represent Atlanta. Uh, yeah. we got Find just... a person that represents Charlotte. We can get like an Earnhardt. We'll get Dale Jr. And we'll go to Charlotte. We'll get Jeff Gordon. Yeah. We'll do a show in Charlotte with Jeff Gordon. We'll go to Hutchinson, Kansas and do one with a... Distant relative of Harry Truman. I don't know who's from Hutchinson, Kansas. Oh, gosh. Kansas. Uh, J.D., isn't he? From the Stern Show? No. Uh, Someone's from Kansas. Richard. Richard. We can get Richard on. <laughs> <laughs> get Richard I'm still on. planning our trip to Iran. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> and we can get uh, Affleck to set it up, and we can just barely get out under the wire before people realize we're doing a podcast for the United States out of their airspace. Is, this a, is that an Argo reference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can get John Goodman, uh, hashtag St. Louis, yeah. and we can get uh, who, the... Uh, Arkin. Yeah. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin, Chris Messina, who's a friend of mine. We can get him. He was in that. He was in the in that movie. Part of Loggins and Kenny Loggins. Love. Loggins and Messina? Yeah. No. No, different guy. No. Yeah. Um so we've got the we've got the we've got our trip coming up and I'm very excited. And I think we're gonna do um an episode from Mexico with the wives. Yes. And uh, maybe we'll do it in the evening. Since You're going to haul the equipment down there? Oh, Josh is coming down. Uh, Josh and Margo are coming down to set the whole thing up. Josh, have you ever traveled without your parrot and, and or does your parrot have a passport? <laughs> uh, yeah, I travel all the time I, without... Without the birds. I mean, that would be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you if you're in love, you're backpack. in love. Yeah. What about your clear backpack? Have you showed Joe and Oliver that? I don't have just one backpack. I have like three bird backpacks. Oh, you put them and in your, other carriers. You put them in your backpack and just walk around the city or whatever? Yeah. Well, that's the goal. That's the goal. But I'm just worried about taking them out too much because I don't want somebody to try and like steal them. Is there a underground market for stolen parrots yeah well yeah there's like a black market i mean they look like they're expensive pets right so i feel like people could try to get them from me and then sell them maybe there's a black market for like parrot organs no i don't think it's parrot organs oh if cora needed a new spleen would you give your spleen to cora oh of course yeah (laughs) if i could i mean it wouldn't work but would you, you die? Know? Would you die for your bird? Well, I, I don't know about that. But I'm more. If someone had a shotgun and was going to like kill your bird, would you jump in front of the bird and take the hit? I I don't know. Hard to say what I would do. I don't know. What about it's you've got your birds and there you you have to make the choice. It's they got to either kill your two birds or Margot. Three birds. <laughs> Three birds. <laughs> Three birds oh, or Margot? Three birds That's a or fair Margo. question. It's a we didn't question. go wife. It's not your wife, right? So Margot will die, or your three birds. I mean, I don't want anyone dying. I can't. I. It's like I. That would be. It, I mean, it's definitely going to be me. Answer the I wouldn't question. let Margot die. I mean, are you kidding? Me? Like, I don't. So you let this guy wring their necks, break their necks, and not kill Margot. This is awful. You know what? Keep the birds getting my, rattled. By keep the way. my. Keep my birds out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> yes, we finally got a fucking out of Josh Window. That's all it took. Tip of the cap to old Will Smith. That's funny. <laughs> that was good, Josh. Very Keep good. Your damn hands off her. Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. Keep your back to the future. No, I, I no, I sorry. I think that was keep uh, your damn hands yeah. off her. Yeah. Then there was an, I was wondering, fly back. I think there was another one. 
keep your goddamn hands off my wife. Oh yeah, there was Sounds back like Kurt. No, it was. It was. Uh, oh shit, was it Clint Eastwood? Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. I can't remember. It, I had it in my head and it's gone. Um, hey, have you ever let the birds eat like bird seed out of your butthole? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was raising Arizona. That's right, Margo. Thank you. It went. It was, Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. <laughs> uh, I want to. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, I want to see that movie so badly. Me too. Oh, it's supposed to be really. good. I want to see it. it. It's, it's like being Nicolas Cage. I don't know what the he's actual had, title of it is. He's had such an amazing career. It's been so interesting, you know? I mean, he was a big movie star, but he was like kind of crazy and this and that. And then he was doing a bunch of B-movies, but it was for him. And he loved the oddity of just being an actor. And and now he's doing this thing that is that is playing himself. He's just resurging, you know? He's just this quirky, cool, funny, Yeah, and you're missing dude. a huge piece of it. First of all, I was in high school in the mid '80s. The movie Valley Girl. Valley Girl. I lived for Nicolas Cage yeah. and in did, Valley Girl. Yeah, I, I can't. But, but you're mid, and then he became leaving Las Vegas. He won an Oscar. Did he win? I think so. I know he did. No? He was for sure nominated. I, I think he. I think he won, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, he's had such an interesting career. Um, the Nicolas Cage movie, thanks to Margo again, is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Right. What a title. <laughs> the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, scheduled to be released theatrically on uh, April 22nd, 2022. Yeah. Oh, uh, someone's coming huh? on. Oh, here, here they come. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more Daddy Issues. And Kate Hudson, everybody. I happen to be related oh to this God, person. Kate. Kate Hudson is our pop-in. Hi, what's happening? Who are all these people? Who are these people? It's Joe Buck and your brother, Oliver. Oliver Hudson, Oliver Rutledge Hudson, the better looking <laughs> one. Uh, what is this uh, little pop-in episode? Well, Tell me we, about it. We had an idea. You know, because celebrity guests, and I guess you're a celebrity, but we don't want to take too much time because people are busy. So we decided to create... Wait, I lost you. We decided... <laughs> oh, she's gone. That's it. Kate Hudson, everybody. <laughs> Left. <laughs> we um, wanted to create a pop-in. So where, you know, at any point during the, the podcast... We have a friend or a celebrity or someone just pop in for five, four minutes and be like, hey, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. And then they're out. Okay. Guys, what are we talking about today? Should we get controversial? Let's go. Yeah. Will Smith. How about that, Will Smith? <laughs> huh? Thoughts? Thoughts? Joe, thoughts on Will Smith? It's insanity. To, to never have any voice inside your head on your way up to that microphone and Chris Rock stop you. Is yeah. mind blowing, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I just I can't imagine in that room to be that in your own world, and then sit down and scream twice and make that room shut up. Yeah, that's the part that just blows my mind. I my, it's just it's my, just not there's no there's no excuse. You know that's all. I mean he said it in his apology. Yeah, you know he 
he's right. You know, his apology is right. There's no excuse for violence. There's no excuse for that behavior. He's got to figure out where it's coming from. And like, and, and, and I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where you're just like. It, it feels like the only celebrity who came out is like Jim Carrey. He's been out saying like, this is total horseshit. You know, the, the problem that I had is no one said or did anything. And I know they're under the gun and it's the Oscars. So. I, I think, I think a lot of people have, but you know, I think there's more people than not. I just feel like it, you know, I don't know. These are, it's almost like there's a war going on in the Ukraine. Like, are we really going to talk about this? Mm-hmm. Like, th- I think that's yeah. also the other part totally. of it, which is that's how crazy this was. Right. Right. Like there's, there's like children dying Yeah. in the world. There's like real problems happening and, and Will Smith can't regulate his emotion at the Oscars. Like, mm-hmm. come on, yeah. let's, let's focus on things. It's embarrassing to talk about. It's just embarrassing. But don't like, you walk into that room being Kate Hudson or being Oliver Hudson or being whomever and know that if you sit in the front, there's a pretty damn good yeah, chance you know, you somebody's going to say something at your expense and yeah, you have you, to laugh and roll look, with I've it. I've been there. I've done it. I've, I've had it done. I mean, it's, it does. Here's the thing. It's, it's, it is, you know, that you're fair game. It also doesn't feel good a lot of the time. And so I guess there comes a time where you do ask, like, is that generation of like Don Rickles type of roasting humor? Has it like, kind of past, you know, depending on what you're signing up for. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, there's a part of me that's like, you know, yes, take a joke. If you have a problem with the joke, take it up with them later. Exactly. Just be like, dude, that was a low blow, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it didn't feel good. You know, my kids are watching, like it didn't feel good. Like have that. We all know each other. You can have that. You can have that conversation, you know, with them, <clears throat> uh, you know, after, um, but then there's the other side of it, which is why are we making fun of people all the time when we're supposed to be celebrating our, our craft? You know, it's like, it's like what, what, what um, Jim Carrey was saying, like we put a lot into making these movies. It's not a small feat to get a film made. You know, you put your whole heart into something and then you show up to something that's supposed to be celebrating the event and, and you know, you're going to get made fun of. It's kind of like, yeah, Mm-hmm. After a while, it's like, isn't this mm-hmm. like we're supposed to, I understand what Will Smith is saying. We're supposed to laugh and pretend like it's okay. I, I understood that, right? No, you're I, I agree with that. But there's the behavior all in all, like it doesn't matter. Like it, it the conversation, that conversation becomes moot because the behavior is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And and that's that yeah. I mean, that's how I see it. That's good. Well, I've been roasted. I mean, when I watch those celebrity or comedy channel roasts, it's uncomfortable. I mean, that stuff hurts. Right, and you're you supposed not. to s- But Joe, you sign up for it. You don't sign up for that when you're being honored for your work. So like I like oh, everybody's different. It's like anything, you know. I would never want to do a roast. I've been asked to do this all the time. I am so not the kind of person who wants to roast a friend? I mm-hmm. just like it makes me feel terrible. Like, just and I would never want to be roasted. I'd probably like. I mean, I'm I'm a sensitive person, you know, and I I, I don't know. I it's not my kind of humor. Yeah. And some people are like that, and some people aren't. It's my kind know? of humor. I I, I you know I, I like it, but 
I agree. The Oscars <laughs> needs to bring back the class of the Oscars. The Golden Globes, maybe there's some funny shit where you're ripping on people, but the Oscars should have a little bit more class. At the same time, the joke was so dumb anyway, and it was completely innocuous, you know, and it's been talked about a thousand times, but Will Smith was like, ha like, yeah, like laughing. All of a sudden, he looks over at Jada, and she's like, wait, like what? And Will, then Will probably got his back up. He was like, I find a more interesting conversation was hearing people say like a man sticking up for his wife. And for me, like just, and this is just my personal feeling. Like if I was, I'd like leave them. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> like, like if- <laughs> whoa, I'm sorry. I can take care of myself. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I don't need you to be violent on my behalf. So if Danny walked like, up there and was like, yo, Chris, and oh, like over, you- it would be over. <laughs> it because, because it's showing something to me about behavior that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. It's like that 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 doesn't fit into any core value of how I see mm-hmm. one relationships and conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm feeling hurt because someone's being mean, I want my partner to support me and to be there for me. But I don't want someone running up on someone like picking fights. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I? I, I yeah. don't need that kind of protection. Now, if I'm in a position of like being truly endangered, sure, like like I, I'm I'm physically going to be you know vulnerable. Like then I can understand, mm-hmm. you know. But that's not that's not. So you're saying Jada should have walked up there and slapped Chris Rock? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, if we only have you for for now one minute, mm-hmm. what I the one thing I wanted to ask you and to get out there is how you view Ollie as a dad. Oh, Uh-oh. oh, Joe, you went right for the like serious question. You know, I'm not going to make fun of this in any way. No, no. I know. I, I I want a real answer Especially- because I couldn't be of all the things that I know about your brother <laughs> and all the things I love about him, and there are a million. Him as a dad is at the top of the list. And for you as his yeah. sister, his younger sister, much younger sister, I wonder how you feel <laughs> about as as you've watched him grow but, yeah. as a father. It, um, yes. Yes. I mean, the answer is simple, extraordinary. I think Oliver is an extraordinary father. And I have a follow-up after this. And 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 more than that, I think you know. Well, there's there's nothing more than extraordinary, but 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 to follow, you know, what that means. I think his presence in his children's lives, like the priority, is so clearly number one for him. And honestly, it's hard for him to do things for himself because he's so his his priority is so much his kids. It's like the opposite. Like mm-hmm. as a, as a sibling, you want to say to your brother. Um, you know, I want you to do things for yourself too, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's as important sometimes as being there for your, for your children. And, but Oliver, I mean, you, you are beyond extraordinary, you know, in his overcompensation for what we didn't have. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a question for you. What, let's go the other way. And then we're going to let you go because you got a really, really big meeting coming up. Um, <laughs> what, what could I do better as a dad? How about that? And don't hold back. Like what? That's a hard 
question because that's just subjective. Yeah, right? but from so like, your eyes, like you know me better than anybody. You right. see me better. Point you of see- view, I don't even know if it's the right way. You know, I, I just know that instinctually, if I was to say something that you could work on yes. or create more of is boundaries. Yes. And structure. Yes. So, and not a lot, but just like, I think that, certain things that when maybe you think are okay to just be really loose about, I think can actually be um, (laughs) incredibly just harmful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but I think that they, they're okay that like, that probably could use more um, understanding that it's like not best for their development. Like whether it be the types of things you let them watch, like, Rio watching Euphoria is like a she, hard. Note. She does not watch Euphoria, and neither does Bodie. I want to make Oliver. that clear. Oliver, clear. I know for a fact that Rio has watched Euphoria. She has not seen a full episode of Euphoria. There's not Oliver. a chance. Just the sex. So, so to me, right? Just the me, sex parts. <laughs> to me, I actually think like that's where I would be like more of a hard, a harder watched eye is really important because, um, mm-hmm. you know. Has Bing seen Euphoria? <laughs> no. Well, you know how strict I am. Is Bing probably starring in it. I've never seen Euphoria. <laughs> but if, I mean, your kids. Well, the thing is that it's it's a great, it's a really amazing show. It but is. It's, it is so not appropriate oh, for kids no. that are under age. No, it's not just, even not even Wilder, and he has seen it. But Euphoria, I, I didn't know really what it was. He had watched it. He goes, Dad, you got to see it. I watched the show, and I was so taken aback by it. I went into his room, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I actually have to have, have, have a conversation with you about this because this was really gnarly and super heavy. And I have to know where you were at because I had no idea it was well, like and this. Also- also, if they understand the cautionary tale or if mm-hmm. they don't. Exactly. I, mean, I think that's, the, you know, writer's age understand the cautionary sure, tale sure. of it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Experiencing it. And it's important to listen to. Like, writer will flat out be like, that person reminds me of that person. And I'm yeah. like, what? And yeah. like, yeah. Like, here's what happened the other night. Or here's, and you're like, wow, it's kind of scary. But if your kids can understand the cautionary tale, then you're good. But mm-hmm. when they're too young, it's like, they just don't get it. I don't know. I'm, you know how I am. I mean, we're repeating. I'm repeating myself. I just think there are things like that that Oliver could be more mindful about. Mm-hmm. And, and what about Joe? What are his shortcomings as a human being in general? <laughs> she thinks I'm sensitive. <laughs> he is so sensitive. so sensitive. He's so sensitive that he gets mean. Oh God! You don't text Joe back, and, and it's like, "Hey, you little <laughs> fuckface! <laughs> you little <laughs> cocksucker! Keep your goddamn <laughs> wife out my fucking mouth!" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh Joe I know is a great parent because he's been through it. So mm-hmm. and I've been there, you know, Joe and I got close way before you and Joe were close. I didn't even and, know Joe before you. Right. And and so I got to see him in a very complex situation with his girls navigating divorce. That's and, right trying to be on the better side of that and can be a be- the best communicator he could be. And, um, and then, you know, out of that came and, and your, his devotion, I mean, to live in St. Louis, to be flying all over the place, to stay in St. Louis, to be with your 
girls, you know, you, you, I mean, talk about devotion. Weren't you dealing with his daughters when, when they did not like Michelle, when they were like, not happy that Joe was with another woman and all that. Remember that? Yeah. And weren't you, weren't you texting and talking with Natalie a lot? Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. She still texts you to talk about Michelle and how it's not really working out for her. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie and I text all the time. Uh, yeah, Kate. Kate has been like the one girl. F- I never had girl comma friends when I was really at any point in my life. <laughs> it's my sad story. I never had girlfriends. I just shot for the top. I went right to Kate. When I met her, I crashed her uh, New Year's Eve party in was 06. Be- Football Joe. I'm like, Football Joe? <laughs> and he, he showed up my door and he couldn't believe I knew that yeah. he was the sports announcer. Joe, did no. you did you ever think you had a shot with my sister? Because I know that was on your brain. No. No. Never did. Most I'm the most insecure human being I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> so no. There's no way Howard Stern asked me that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Kate Hudson? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Howard Stern asked you that question mm-hmm. yeah because it was oh, in my book that's right because I, I said in my book that my former I, wife my first wife didn't have any problem with me being friends with Kate Hudson largely because she didn't know that I was friends with Kate Hudson <laughs> so I just kind of kept that all separate and and yeah I, I no I never thought that in any way shape or form although she's told girlfriends of hers who have then subsequently told me for at least two of them have told me this, that she's convinced that I was in love with her. Mm. You. Yeah. You. That I, I'm, I'm convinced that you were in love with me. Correct. Mm. Who told you that? Tay. Tay? Will Smith. Tay Diggs. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Are you? I'm confused. <laughs> I'm There's so, no, what, what possibly, where's the confusion? Wait, because, uh, wait, so so you've heard from like our mutual girl friends. Yes. Two girls. I, two two girls. That definitely. I, oh, that's for sure Hooli. That you were in love with me. Yes. Yeah, this is like years ago. It's Hooli and Julie. This is 10 years ago, maybe, somewhere in there. It's for well, sure. Well, are you? It's Hooli and Julie. I mean, I, I mean, know. of I mean, you, you, of course, in in a in a platonic way. But oh god, Joe forgets all his drunk nights, and he's like tried to like talk about how much he loved me. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I <laughs> did <laughs> the Soho. That is such a lie. No, at it's the not. Soho house. I believe it entirely. I don't remember. I I legit it, don't it, remember that. I, I, we're gonna get if we're gonna. I mean, Joe, I love you, but there were some <laughs> a couple moments. Yeah, yeah, of there course. were. I don't remember Soho House at all. I don't even well, remember being there. He's like, Did a you couple s- us do. Of course, <laughs> oh, God. How is he coming Wait, on was, to you? Was like- ben Affleck there? I don't know. All right, whatever. All right. Well, that's the only time I remember being there. Was he like, hey, did you do? see that Giants Cowboys game, Kate? Yeah. <laughs> god thank god for michelle that's all i have to say oh, thank god so um, i know i when you met michelle and yeah but but back to back to the real stuff is that when i met joe 
you know, you were navigating all of that stuff and were like a hero dad. I mean, the way you navigated that was amazing. And your kids, the girls are awesome. And that to me is always a testament to parenting is like, how, how are the girls doing, you know? And they're truly amazing women. So you and your wife sure did do something very right. And, um, well, mm-hmm. thank you. I I'm, I couldn't be more proud of them. And they, yeah, they. And you got you got to see. Guys, I have, no. okay, go, go go. I love have, you. Good yeah. luck with whatever you're doing. You look fantastic. I love you. I, I love, love you. you. Love you. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. If you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues, and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We That's beg right. you, stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. How many people did you have to go through, Oliver, to get her on this? I went through, uh, you know, I went through, first of all, I went through her agent at CAA. Then I talked to Jessica Grayboff over there who deals with another department at CAA. Then she connected me with Brad Caffarelli, her publicist, who then put me in touch with Madeline, her actually assistant. Madeline put me in touch with Kathy Heller, who works personally with Kate. Then I had to talk to Danny Fujikawa, who was Kate's boyfriend, because I couldn't get Kate on the phone. And finally, I get Kate on the phone. So there you go. Amazing. Yeah. How, how does it make you feel, Oliver, yeah. to hear Kate talk about how great of a dad you are? Uh, it makes me feel good. I know that I, I know she feels this way about me. You know, we've talked about it before. Um, I think it's definitely something that she looks up to me, you know, with. You know what I mean? It's like, I think it's like the the one thing where she looks at me and is like, damn, he does that right. And she's not wrong when she's talking about maybe some of my shortcomings as a dad, meaning I might be too lenient, I don't have enough structure. But she did preface it by saying that that's, that's her own opinion. And, and if it works for me, then it works for me. And that's just the way it is. And so, but she seems convinced that your eight-year-old beautiful daughter has seen This is euphoria. 100% not true, unless I don't know about it. But there's no world where I would ever let her watch Euphoria. My 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 son, who's 12, doesn't watch. I, I won't let him watch Euphoria. So there's no world unless she has seen a clip of it somewhere else. You know, I don't know. But I would never. I mean, I do have boundaries. You know, they're they're not. I'm not very strict, but I do have boundaries. Maybe Rio and Aaron are having girls' night watching Euphoria. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because we always are trying to f- watch what the kids see. And for me, the cursing doesn't matter. The gore or horror doesn't matter. Adult subject matter doesn't matter. But sexual stuff, it matters, you know, when they're young. And if it's highly sexual, even in comedy, I- I'm like, oh, shit. I tried to show the kids um, super bad the other night. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot how raunchy this is. And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. It's, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. I was getting uncomfortable. I was like, I got to turn this off, you know? Well, I just remember that as a kid. And I, you're way more liberal than I ever was. But as a kid, it made me uncomfortable 
watching that stuff with my parents, mm-hmm. as much as I'm sure it made them uncomfortable to be watching it with their little boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whether it's cursing or sex stuff or whatever, I, I felt like I, I had more shame as the kid than they had, certainly my dad, mm-hmm. in me being exposed to it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Do you sometimes, think your kids feel that way? Yeah, I think that Bodie does. I mean, Wilder probably did when he was younger, but he's getting older, you know, hormones, puberty, things are shifting. Bodie still is my little man. And and when when if the, if like a boob pops up on screen or we're watching something and or you know, or it's kind of like sexual in nature, you can see him get a little squirmy. And I'm like, all right, you know, cover, just just don't look at this part or whatever. I mean boobs are boobs man like you see them I, I it's but but it's about the context of the boobs if it's just boobs out in the wild then it's like okay they're boobs but if the context is some like you know gnarly bouncing boobs i'm like oh wait a minute this is so it's boob well, context in what context is it out in the wild like with bear grills kind of a thing yeah like a bear grills boob like naked and afraid yeah like naked and afraid boob a bear grills boob or you know just a boob that flies out in some way you know not not like, like a super bowl yeah like a super bowl boob not like bouncing boobs while some woman is riding another guy and then all of a sudden the boobs are bouncing. you know if boobs are in this, if boobs are shown in sexual context, then it's then I get it's that's not you know there's lines that are drawn for sure. Well, good, I, I'm glad you do have lines. I, I you know do, it's of fun. course sexual I, I lines. I've got sexual lines. Yeah, cursing I don't care about. They hear it all the time, and I'm sure they curse themselves. I don't care about cursing. Okay. You I know. would have said the same thing about you, and I don't know nearly as much about you as a dad. Um, mm-hmm. But Kate obviously thinks about that stuff a lot. Yeah, but your boys, it. your boys watch some pretty R-rated stuff, don't they? As little three-year-olds, they've seen some shit. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Porkies, I'll tell you what, porkies. they love the movie Scarface. Yeah, <laughs> they love it. Can't get enough. But here's the thing: if your boys watched Scarface, they would have no idea what's going on. I mean, they they wouldn't be harmed in any way from watching Scarface. In fact, we should do a a test run for next week's episode. Show them Scarface and report back. I I don't think that they that their attention would be captivated enough to watch it. You don't. But I will say this: ever since Daddy was on Mass Singer, yeah, that we've watched my episodes. The two episodes, and then the one where I'm not on it, twenty times yeah. each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wow. have such pride. They're like, "I'm Team Bad. I'm Team Cuddly. I'm Team." And they're changing names. And then Wyatt does the whole act, Ugh, and he remembers every word. So and now he's talking about Taylor Hawkins and Foo Fighters and uh, Taylor's death. Yeah. Why is he talking about that? Because I was in the car listening when that happened with them, and he like soaked it up. Now he's like, "Well, what does that mean?" Is he's you can't even you can't even begin to explain that to, oh, to a three year old. Of course not. Of course not. I mean, I still, uh, you know, Rio. We were looking. Where were we? We were. Oh, we were. We were at the beach. Anyway, 
we were looking up at the night sky. This is like two days ago or three days ago. And um, she's asking about space and where it ends and the, you know, sort of how the universe is expanding. And, you know, we're just having one of those conversations. And she's like, so wait a minute. She's like, so is, is heaven like above space? Good question. Great question. And I looked at Aaron and, and I was like, you take this. Like, I don't know. And Aaron's like, yeah, yeah, it's above space. You know, I, I don't know. I feel guilty lying to my kids. It's weird. I'm like, ah, you do it. Well, you, you're not lying to them. Heaven is above space, period. End of story. Yeah, and space could be down. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be up. Sure. You know what I mean? Heaven is above space going up. And hell is below <laughs> space going down. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Mr. Atheist? Uh, I, yeah, I guess. So I just said, Aaron said, yeah, it's above space, you know. Who's in heaven? When in heaven? You know, the worst part is when your kids are, you know, asking you about heaven when they're l- a little bit younger, and you make it sound so amazing, really. I mean, the way adults make heaven sound, it's like incredible, you know, like who wouldn't want to go to fucking heaven? Heaven seems amazing. Awesome. And, but it's so disheartening when when your when your kid then says, "God, like I can't wait to go to heaven." I'm like, "Oh Jesus, don't say that, <laughs> don't say that. I don't want to hear that out of your mouth." You know, right? I mean, it does have its drawbacks. Um, what are heaven's drawbacks? Like when we tell our kids about heaven, it's like fucking the greatest spot ever. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I tell them all the time. I tell the boys all the time that their grandfather, Dee Dee, as we called him, my dad is watching over him from heaven and yeah he's it sounds Man, know, he's flying around everyone's there yeah everyone's in heaven all the dogs everyone that you've ever known or wanted to meet is in heaven you know you get free everything and free candy and life is incredible there and you feel no pain and it's just amazing See, now candy is candy is not any part i've never brought up the idea of free candy in heaven so that's well, i gotta that's go in there the, next. that's in the bible so they have like a comped gift shop up there yeah, there's a heaven gift shop for sure. There's like a soda machine where you can just hit the big Diet Coke thing and yeah. it comes, you don't have to put any coins None. in None. There's a sundry shop where you can get, you know, some Altoids and some suntan lotion if you need it. How about uh, sunflower seeds? Yeah, Josh will get those to put in his butthole so his birds can eat. <laughs> God. <laughs> Do parrots go to heaven? No. That's a good children's book. <laughs> All parrots go All to heaven. All parrots go to heaven. Even God would be like, my God, this thing won't shut up. <laughs> go see St. Peter. Go see St. Peter. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more Daddy Issues. You know what's been on a lot lately, uh-uh. which is an underrated, hilarious movie? Defending Your Life. Defending Your Life. Yeah, dude, it's incredible. It's an amazing movie. Meryl Streep, Albert Brooks. It's incredible. Where you ha- he dies in a bus accident, mm-hmm. and he has to go up. He falls in love with Meryl Streep, and her trip into heaven is... You know, absolutely perfect. She, <laughs> yeah. you know, but the, it's defending your life, and he has a lawyer, and then I guess God has a lawyer, yeah. and they are looking at different moments in his life, and he has to walk people through what he was thinking and why he failed here, and and he is so funny, it's it, so funny. It's such a great 
concept. I mean, that is such an awesome concept. So it really good. is. It's so good. Uh, who directed that? Did John Brooks direct that? I wonder who directed uh, that movie. I don't think. I don't know. Margo's typing furiously. I know, I'm sure. Of course. Uh, defending your life. Did he direct it? He might have directed. No, I don't think he Albert did. Brooks. Maybe it was John. Maybe it was John Brooks. I'm not sure. Um, um but that was who? Who? Albert Brooks. Oh, he directed it. Yes. So I'm sure he wrote and directed it. It's wow. genius. So and, good. and he's got, I mean, his lawyer, you know, one, his lawyer, is it Rip Torn? Who is yeah. the guy that yeah, plays Rip his Torn. lawyer? Rip Torn. Yeah. That was it. So it's Rip Torn. He's his lawyer. And then one day he doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. And he's got a guy that won't say anything. And he's like, <laughs> you, you're not going to object to that? <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, I'm very prepared. I have I have all of this under control. He's like, yeah, you're amazing. Yeah. And he's trying to defend himself against the other lawyer yeah. who the judges love. I mean, it's just I love when him and great. Meryl go out to eat and the shrimp. He's like, what do you want of the shrimp? Was the shrimp and this huge shrimp scampi. <laughs> like it, that that for some reason that scene stuck with me. It's like I don't want I don't want any shrimp. I just don't want any shrimp. Thanks. <laughs> oh god, it's a great movie. I'm gonna I might watch that. You know who his brother was in real life? Who? Super Dave Osborne. Really? That's his brother. I had no Funkhauser idea. Funkhauser from Curb Your yeah, Enthusiasm, who's passed. passed away. That, know, that's Albert Brooks' brother. That's crazy. I had no clue. That's a good piece of trivia. Hey, are you watching, um, have you seen Winning Time? Yeah, I love it. That was at a time when I liked the NBA and I watched it a lot more than yeah, I do now. It's, I think the acting is I, well, you, so good. You go because yeah. it's your team. So yeah. go ahead. No, no, I, I'm saying I'm just no. It's, it's, I'm just saying it's so good. I mean, it, it, it's so great. I think the acting is amazing. I think the dude, the kid who plays Magic, is spot on. I mean, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He really captures him and even looks like him. You know, I mean, and then Kareem, and then of course, you know. Um, Riley, C. Riley, he's just John C. Riley is it's so phenomenal. Good. It's so good. I, I actually emailed Jeannie because Jeannie Bus was on our podcast, and I I wanted to know what she thought about it, you know. And she has not emailed me back, so I don't know if I like offended her or something. I, I'm sure I didn't, but but she comes off looking at least for the. I haven't watched the fourth episode, which I know is out, but I watched yeah. the first three, and yeah. I think she comes off looking great oh yeah 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 but i'm just wondering about the portrayal of her dad and and her grandmother you know and all that when sally field by the way is amazing in it too really great yeah and and those people like jerry bus yeah who and jerry jones is the same way maybe it's i'll take uh sports owners Mm -hmm. sports team owners named jerry for 500 it's true these guys jerry jones when he bought the cowboys in 1989 was left with negative nothing mm-hmm. when he pushed all of his chips and he bought the Cowboys cheap. They weren't playing. They they were a kind of adrift, and he pushed everything he had, begged, borrowed, did everything he could to come up with the money. As he said, if his application for ownership came up today with what he had in the bank and how much equity he had mm-hmm. and, and his his cash value he was cash poor Mm -hmm. he had nothing he said 
I would not be approved mm-hmm. as as an owner. And he took them from almost irrelevant to hiring Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. They already had Michael Irvin. Um, or yeah. And then Troy's there, Emmett. They build this thing up. They make the Herschel Walker trade. They become the Dallas Cowboys for the 90s. It was the team of the 90s. And they're still living off that. Mm-hmm. And the same for Jerry Buss. Had nothing. Like, he was upside down financially trying to buy this franchise, mm-hmm. but he had an idea of what he wanted to see, and he wanted to make it glitzy and mm-hmm. showtime and all that. And then he manifested this this whole aura for an NBA team and I love those those stories. I love mm. the people that just said, "This is what this is my vision. This is what I want to yeah. do." I may go broke, I may go belly up, but damn it, I'm doing it. And yeah, it, it worked. Yeah, no, it's amazing. He actually he changed the whole landscape of the NBA. I mean, you know, with the Laker girls that had never been done before. You know, I think that's in the fourth episode. Maybe you haven't seen it, but you, you see how you see the inception of sort of the Laker girls and and the forum and creating this sort of party atmosphere around and the, the whole forum. the seats and the bar down there. Yeah. like is going to be like the cool place to be. Yeah, and, the form club. But that's what Jerry's done. That's what Jerry Jones has yeah. done with the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and the star and these facilities that have popped up, all based around the team. Yeah, but and, he and has so many tentacles that have gone out. I could with be entertainment wrong. Entertainment companies. And, oh, for sure, and I could be wrong, but I, I think the Lakers. I think Jerry Buss is the first person to put uh, fl- seats on the floor, floor seats. Oh, like, really? Yeah, because it, but there were no floor seats, and then he's like, you know, basically, fuck this, put seats on the floor, invite every charge ce- more, charge more, invite every celebrity, put them on the floor. You're gonna film them, and boom, you know. It's just genius stuff. It's stuff that we take for granted. Like, of course, Jack Nicholson's sitting yeah. on the floor. Yeah. It's one seat all over from Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Yeah. I've, I've sat in Meldman seats down there. Yeah, I have too. At at Staples, where it's like right they're next playing the, the sun. Bench. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, bench guy, mm-hmm. bench guy, bench guy, Grant Hill, me, mm-hmm. Trudy, Natalie. Michelle, yeah. Like, I, it, there's no differentiating between yeah. like the Lassie Grant Hill sat next to me. I talked to him during the game yeah. while we're watching his team play. Yeah, no, dude. I sat. I've sat in the Endeavor seats, the WME now, but like the agency seats, um, a couple times. And one time, it was you sit right on the floor, and it's the Lakers bench, and there's a space in between so that people can get in and out. But it's one seat space. It's like I don't know, twenty inches. And it's me, space, and then where Kobe sits during timeouts. So it's literally I could reach out and touch him. You know, I'm just right. looking at Kobe like I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking Kobe Bryant. Oh my god, and and just think about that. Like yeah. if if for the there is you're in L. A. There's there's almost no price you can put on that seat mm-hmm. that somebody would go, nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. If they've got the money, they want to, and they want to be on TV, and mm-hmm. they want to. It, it's yeah. Just that kind of thinking of like this is the way it's always been done and this way doesn't work as well as trying some new stuff. This is the way to maximize my investment and the return on my investment and they do it. I, I yeah. love that stuff. It's great. Recommend it to all. Um all right. I have right. to go pick up my car. Um I got Good a new- job in the uh, Uber with the book on tape. 
that I saw on your Instagram. Oh my God. Yeah. Last thing before we go. So I've never experienced this in my life. It's on my Instagram. Well, it won't be once you hear this, it'll be gone. But uh, it, it was, I get in the Uber from the, from the dealership and, um, you know, it's quiet for maybe six and a half seconds and she just fucking cranks it up cranks up what normally would be music but it's a book on tape about Catherine the great and she's just it's like full volume and i'm like what the fuck is going on and she just listened to this book on tape the whole time like you were not in there do you find yourself now wanting to know more information on Catherine? yeah the great? it was interesting honestly it was it was it was interesting <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a good play you know what i mean like I like the move. It's an interesting move. Did you tip? Yeah. Well, uh, no, because the dealership paid for it, interestingly enough. I was going to go get one. They're like, no, well, we, we pay for this. So they, they got me a, an Uber. Hmm. So, Do you think the dealership tipped? I'm going to say no, and, I, and it goes on your record. It goes on your stars. Well, you know what's bullshit is the whole point of Uber was like you don't have to tip back in the day, and now you tip. But it was so nice, you could just get out of the car and you didn't have to worry about it. It was sort of included in it. That's because every Uber driver you've ever talked to will tell you if, they, if they're being honest about working for Uber is not that happy with the former pay structure. I guess so, because then, then, then the tips came. And of course, I tip now when I take an Uber. But like before, it was great. You just get out of the car and there's no stress, no pressure. You know, It's like, oh, okay, That's, it's included. You're not supposed to tip. Well, I overtip. I've never done under than twenty under twenty percent, but I'm still at like four point nine percent, four point nine six stars. I should be at five. Are you? You're not a fiver. I'm not. I guess it's because sometimes I'm late. Yeah, I know that whole thing's crazy. I don't even know what I am. I could be like a two star. You know what you are? You're a hell of a guy. You're a great friend. Yeah. You're an awesome dad, and hey, you're a thanks. terrific brother for getting our first ding dong. That ditch was fun. Guest. I know. Oh, hi, Bronco. Oh, Jesus. Bronco. I'm good boy. Yes, good boy. Jeez. Jeez. What, oh would you rub meat on your neck? He just came in from his uh, his hike, and he got all excited to see me. Uh, yeah, we did our first fucking ding-dong, and the ding-dong was my sister. Not a bad one. Now we got we to gotta find someone for next week. Ding-dong. Okay. Maybe it's on you now, huh? I think it's... I, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it is on me. Let's get Tiger Woods. Yeah, the week of the Masters. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Tiger, um, <laughs> as a father, what are some of your shortcomings? <laughs> Can you just talk about your dad for five minutes, and then we'll get off the phone. <laughs> maybe right. Ham, maybe John Ham, maybe Paul Rudd, uh, Lindsey Vaughn, you know? Yeah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jakey G. You know, Will Smith. I started to look today, and I'm like, everybody that I know who is semi, semi-famous, semi mm -hmm. we've already had on. Well, we haven't had Rudd. We haven't had Jake. You know, and by the way, it doesn't matter. If they just pop in for a second time, it's fine. I have an okay. idea about a question you can ask whoever uh, comes on next. <laughs> just Shoot. have them on. You've got five minutes. Is heaven above space? <laughs> <laughs> go you're so cynical that's a good idea i think it's an la thing you're godless heathen hedonistic people 
You don't believe in God, Joe. Jeez. Yes, I do. You're at ESPN now. You don't have to keep the front up. At Fox, you oh. had to believe in God. At ESPN, oh. you don't have to. Listen, my network does not define me or who I am or what I believe in. <laughs> I think it does. I think you're going to come out with some... My voice is so raspy right now. I sound like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. I'm, I... looking at a, I'm looking at a note Bill Clinton wrote me when my dad died. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, cool. said, I used to listen to your dad on a radio under my pillow at night listening to the Cardinal games on KMOX. Wow. Um, here, let me get it. <laughs> that's, it. that's very cool. He was a Cardinals fan, huh? Well, in, Ar- in Arkansas, yeah. So I, when my dad died, I got bags of letters. Mm-hmm. And they sat there forever. I'm like, I don't even want to. People are pouring their hearts out to me about how much my dad meant. Mm-hmm. And then I one day I'm like, ah, fine. I'm gonna spend all day in here, and I'm just gonna go through all of them. And I start opening them. One of them's from from Bill Clinton. Crazy. I was so sorry to hear of your father's death. Growing up in Arkansas in the 50s, the Cardinals were my team. Uh, I did my. Homework in grade school, listening to your dad call the Cardinals games on radio. He left an indelible something. Yeah, countless something with great memories. Sincerely, Bill Clinton. There it is. That is awesome. Uh huh. He wrote yep. my dad a, a letter too, Bill. So you what? He wrote my dad Bill a letter too. So you know, <laughs> did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> really in, in full admiration of how you've raised your son, Oliver. No, he loved the Hudson Brothers, you know. Did he? Favorite variety show. I loved it. <laughs> used to watch. The way you shook Sing your, some of those songs. The way you shook your hips there, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> then he went on to marry that beautiful Goldie Hawn. What a life you've had. What a life. Did you ever have any kids? No? Okay. Good. No. Good to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> that son of yours needs more boundaries for his kids. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making him so sad. I don't know. Yeah, he's like on his deathbed. Well. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Goodbye. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger. 